If the children would come up for a short word. strange fellow sitting in front of you on this brown habit. Who walked like this with a rope around? Does that mean, you know, it's a saint, you know? No? Well, it's coming up next week. You guys are bringing your animals here, right? To be blessed? Who used to do that? Who used to talk to animals? Which saint? Okay, all right. The secret's out. His name is St. Francis. Okay. <laughs> And uh, he lived in many years ago, 800 years ago. And he lived in poverty, among lepers sometimes. Uh, and uh, because of his uh, love for God, he uh, began an order. It's called the Franciscans. And I'm one. Although I'm a priest, I'm also a Franciscan brother. And I don't look like Father Stan. I'm much older. <laughs> but not wiser. So... Um, how many of you have heard the story of the tiny mustard seed? You must have heard that before. That's a favorite that we preach on. And also I heard Father Stan give it at least four times to you all. Maybe not your group. There's a little mustard seed that we talked about in the gospel that uh, the disciples asked Jesus, give us faith, right? And uh, Jesus' response was, if you only had the faith of a little mustard seed, and a mustard seed is probably the, the smallest seed that exists. It's the size of a little pinhead, but it grows to a very big, big, big uh, bush and then a tree. And uh, he was making the example that if you had just a little bit of faith, you could ask this tree here to just get up, move, and go into the sea. Why do you think he sent that to his disciples? They didn't have a lot of faith in that. They loved him. They walked with him. They went with him everywhere. But they hadn't learned to really trust him, right? Because faith is not like believing. I mean, we, we believe that the sun will come up. Uh, we believe all sorts of things, right? We have all sorts of beliefs. Uh, but we really don't have faith. When we use the word faith in that, in that type of context, we're really not doing faith justice in terms of what it means for us as Christians. For us as Christians, faith is trust in God. So if you start trusting God, and if you do it at your age, by the time you get to my age, you'll get really close, hopefully, if you haven't gone off the, the wrong road. And you will find peace, and you'll find eternal life in that. All the things that come with it. So this sermon is very much about faith in the sense of developing a relationship with him to get to know him, to really not only believe in him, but to really trust him with all you have. Okay? You have a blessed week, and I don't think there's any Sunday school, so you need to go back to your seats. Okay? And there's packets there for those who want them. I got it, I got it. Thank you. Now you get to hear the 20-minute version. Oh. Oh.
But if you can remember the child's version, that's all you need to know. Well, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Now, the Gospel of Luke today compels us to meditate on the meaning of faith. The word faith is one of the most used and the most misunderstood words in the entire Bible. The word faith outside of religious context or circles conjures up all sorts of meaning depending on the point of view of the individual. When you have faith, you believe in something, but very strongly. Some people have faith in a higher being, which is good. Others put their faith behind the Houston Astros. This definition of faith is not what we mean with regards to our faith in God. Some of the more derogatory understandings of faith today are that it is anti-intellectual, inferior to reason, and outdated. Often we use the word to believe interchangeably with the word faith. To believe can mean that one accepts something as true through reason or an opinion or influence of others, which can change with time and additional information. Well, to believe that God exists is good, but not enough. Satan believes that God exists. And one time we believed that the earth was flat and the earth was the center of the universe. Well, non-believers see faith as, an inferior, as inferior to reason when in fact faith in the one true God and in his son Jesus Christ is far superior as it is based not on an object but on a relationship. What do I mean by that? Well, and we're all in this situation, if a spouse, or most of us, if a spouse asks their partner, honey, do you believe in me? An unsatisfactory response would be, why yes, dear, I believe if you exist. <laughs> well, that's not what I was asking. Do you trust that I'll come through? In the same way, when we talk about believing in God, we are talking about a trust that evolves and grows over time. The word for faith in the Bible's original language is pistis, which means trust, more a matter of the heart than the intellect. To trust someone means to be vulnerable and dependent. It means relinquishing control. For us to lose control of our lives and be totally dependent on someone else even if it is God, is a process that takes a lifetime. But faith is just that, total trust in God, an almighty God, creator of all that exists, including us. The creation must surrender all of, to its creator and trust in his infinite wisdom, compassion, and love. For us Christians, we can develop a relationship with Jesus Christ, a real person. The relationship will grow over time and result in an ever-increasing trust in God that we call faith with a capital F. 
while slowly turning our life over to Jesus, we come to the realization that life is not about us, but instead about God's plan for us. Even a tiny amount of faith in God, the size of a mustard seed, can result in amazing things for the kingdom of God and the lives of the faithful. Two giants of the faith are Abraham from the Old Testament and Holy Mary, Mother of God in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God spoke to his chosen through burning bushes, dreams, and angels. Abraham was chosen by God to lead his tribe to Canaan and establish a people that would be faithful to God. Well, God revealed himself to Abraham many times and in many places. God provided Abraham ample evidence for him to place his faith and trust in God. More importantly, Abraham developed an ever-growing bond of trust with God. Well, the ultimate test of Abraham's faith in God came when God asked him to sacrifice his beloved son, Isaac. Abraham's unconditional trust in the Lord, in obeying God's command, earned him the title, Abraham, the father of faith. In the New Testament, Mary, at her annunciation, models faith for us. She shows us that faith is more than just accepting. It is also trust, commitment, obedience, submission. Mary trusted in God's promises, was obedient to God's word of invitation in her life, surrendered to the mystery before her, and committed herself to be part of God's plan of salvation in Jesus, thank God. We do not know much more about Mary other than she was young, innocent, and devout. We must assume that she had a strong spiritual relationship with God. She did not say because she fully understood or had all her questions answered. No, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. Well, on a personal note, I've always considered myself as sort of a scientist from a very young age. In my life, I have found reason extremely helpful in understanding natural sciences. It has helped me to solve problems in many scientific fields and discover new materials and applications. In other words, I treasure science and logical thinking almost to the point of deification. When I attempted to come closer to God in my college years, I found that reason and science conflicted with establishing a relationship with God which had faded over the years. I found that I had no faith, and like many other atheists, I found faith to be irrational and of no use. Well, the journey back to God started when I came to realize that science and reason do not exclude God, even though they can't provide an undisputable proof that there is a God. Through God's grace, I came to the realization that faith is a superior mode to reason. 
when we deal with people, especially with my wife-to-be that I fell in love with, and also with Jesus that always pulled on my heart. I realized that to really know a person, not as just an object, one must be in a relationship with them. Knowing someone only through the senses and reason is not enough. Over time and experiencing life together, a real trust for a person develops, which we call love. Then the relationship becomes real and unique. The same occurs as we get to know Jesus. We fall in love and surrender ourselves to God. We trust we will always be cared for now and in the life to come. Living in faith-based life demands surrender to the stories of God and Jesus according and recorded in the scriptures. Christian faith especially demands that we let the stories of Jesus shape our minds and our hearts. Jesus calls us friend in the Bible. Our relationship with him is a relationship of intimacy and security, of being totally known and totally accepted. It is not a relationship of equals. However, Jesus is fully God as well as fully man. And as such, he remains Lord of heaven and earth. As Christians, beside reading and studying scripture and praying, we can spend time through many types of meditative approaches, such as Lectio Divina, centering prayer, or just being aware of his creation in a star-filled sky or a beautiful sunset or sunrise. Ignatian imaginative prayer on the gospel story is a very powerful way to grow in faith by putting the heart of Christ. As Jesus trusted, obeyed, surrendered, and committed his life to the Father, we are to respond in the same way. All the contemplations on the gospel through the exercises foster growth in the virtue of faith, and he empowers us to trust God and commit ourselves to his service. These exercises were extremely beneficial to my spiritual development. Well, turning to a maybe non-religious text, I don't know how many of you have heard of The Little Prince by uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Uh, it's a wonderful little book. It's a book for children, but uh, it's for the child in all of us. And one can find bits of wisdom to guide us in our journey in faith, which he was on. Well, first thing, we must spend time with God if we want to develop a relationship. If we are too busy for God, we will not develop a relationship. And now the little prince says, here is my secret, a very simple secret. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. The most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or touched. They are felt with the heart. Well, now he brings us to the question, who is this God that we must befriend and must have faith in? Through the Old Testament and New Testament, we learn about God, who God is, and his relationships with his creation. I could list all the attributes that describe our triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, the list would be far too long to include here, 
and never be completed. It's sufficient to say that God is almighty, righteous, just, merciful, and loving. So when we read in today's gospel, who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing and tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink, and later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was, he was commanded? Jesus then puts it in black and white. So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do by God, say, I am a worthless slave. I have done only what I ought to have done. God owes us nothing. And we can never gain the moral high ground to judge his commands and actions because that would draw God down to our world of meaning and value. Accepting whatever God asks of us is the true attitude of faith. We also must not forget that faith is a spiritual gift from God. Even though the disciples walked, ate, lived with Jesus, their faith was much smaller than a mustard seed while he was alive. As the end approached, Almost all were in denial, one betrayed him, and all except St. John, Jesus' mother, and some disciple women disappeared at the cross. All this changes on the day of Pentecost, where they received the Holy Spirit, their faith blooms to the point of martyrdom for our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the role of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to empower us to have faith so that you may understand and experience Christ and his love in your heart. I believe all of us have faith the size of a mustard seed right now. The disciples and saints certainly achieved that and much more. The fact that you are here the fact that you ask questions about God, the fact that something in you calls you to align yourself on the side of love and truth, all indicate to me that you have at least a small mustard seed in you. You don't really need much more than that. All you need to do is act on your faith, which you already have. Our life, it's not about us. Our life is in an exercise of trusting God. Let us pray. Lord, we believe, but help with our unbelief. Help our head and our heart and our soul to believe in you and trust in you fully, without a doubt, knowing that in you all things are possible. Lord, strengthen our faith. Amen.